Sunday, Monday, happy gays. Tuesday, Wednesday, happy gays. Thursday, Friday, happy gays. They're best chums. Let's have some fun. Ready to chat with you. These gays of ours. Happy gays. These gays of ours. Hello and welcome to the podcast. I am Jared Hagland. I'm Ashley Fair. And we are Gay Gay Best Best Friends. Oh, hello, Ashley. Hi, Jared. How are you? I'm doing all right. I'm glad we're here tonight because we almost weren't. I wasn't yeah. feeling well today and we were iffy on whether I was going to do it. How are you feeling now? I'm feeling pretty good. My tummy's still a little upset. What? What? Why? What's going on? So last night we were at a friend's house and we were playing board games and I was trying to be good. So for the snack for the board game, I brought broccoli, celery, and peas with buffalo sauce. Mm. And I ate over like a pound of broccoli, celery, and peas. Oh my god, that'll do it to you. And I had a stomach ache all night. Yeah. Yeah, I ate a crap load. It have was, you had t- your crap turned yet? Out, turned out there's multiple crap loads <laughs> oh, of no. broccoli, celery, and yeah. peas, and buffalo sauce, 100, which is an added in, one, yeah. insult to injury. 100%. I think that's why you didn't feel well. Um, broccoli alone is like a gas creating mm-hmm. thingy, but in celery, is the toothbrush for your colon. So like Really? Yes. I have not heard that. Oh, it's 100 it's it's what it is cuz it's like so much water, but it's like got a lot of texture to it. It's nice and gritty. It helps clear your system. They should brand it that. Like that should be on the package. Yeah, my old roommate, one of my like really good friends, um she went as Captain Colon one year for um <laughs> for Halloween and that was that was her tagline was that um celery is the toothbrush for your colon. Oh my god, I love that. <laughs> If celery doesn't steal it, Metamucil should. <laughs> Toothbrush for your colon. Yep. Anything else going on with your week? Uh, no. I, I'm at work today, and I managed to, like, get my shit together. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks uh, to Metamucil. <laughs> pretty quickly. No, I didn't even get a morning poop before I had to go to work. I thought I worked at 1, and I worked at 10, so I barely had a cup of coffee. I didn't have breakfast. And, um, you know, judge me if you want, but usually I have a Red Bull before my shift, especially a long shift, just to give me that extra perk because people comment on how friendly I am and that's my, that's my secret ingredient. But today I didn't have time for any of that. No breakfast. I did drink my cup of coffee because Jerrica drove me to work. Anyway, I got to work. I thought I worked at one, worked at 10. I got to work. With five minutes to spare still. I think that's a victory. Sometimes I can barely get to work when I know exactly when I work because it's the exact same every day. (laughs) Well, that's the crazy thing to me, too, is that I usually work um, in the afternoon. I work afternoon till closing slash late closing. This is my first eight-hour shift on a Saturday. So morning to just after we close. That... um, My life is fascinating right now. (laughs) (laughs) What's next? <laughs> Take us into the next Don't worry. topic. My, the only other thing I did today is I went bowling because I can't make my bowling league on Monday. Oh. And so I went and we call it rolling off. Yeah. And I realized that it is amazing how many people go to like socially and casually bowl who are really shitty at it. Well, because they don't go to like do well at bowling. They go to spend, to do what? Ta- to spend time with someone they have a crush on or with their kids. Totally different, you know. 
<laughs> Let's go back. You can have, um, it's a different kind of crush with your kids. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's like the, the people who go bowling, it's a different thing because it's like kind of no matter what, it's one-on-one time with somebody. And you get to compliment each other and help each other and cheer each other on. I think even though no one's really thinking about it that way, I think that's what makes bowling such a... Such um, a draw. Yeah, such a draw. The kids' birthdays are my favorite because there's no way that any kid, even with bumpers, is ever going to be halfway decent at bowling. No. It's such a weird activity to do for your birthday. And yet they love it. There was, when I was there today, there was a gift on the table of one of the bowling birthday parties that just said, be curious, Lucas. That was the whole gift? No, there was a gift inside. Oh. <laughs> it was just such an odd, it was an odd thing to write on a bag. Well, we're in Vancouver. People write weird things. That's true. Fucking hippies. <laughs> so this podcast is at times, as the kids say, so gay. So gay. <laughs> in the good way. And today we have a special guest who we thought we would be more inclusive. We would bring in a wider audience. So we have a straight person. And before we bring her on... Uh, I was talking to a friend of mine who is an avid listener, Randy Newman, uh, the singer-songwriter. Oh, okay. I told him that we were having a straight person on the show. He thought it was an interesting choice, but so interesting that he wanted to write a song for when we had straight people on. Oh, good. Uh, So I just want to introduce this song, Straight People, by Randy Newman. So here we go. This is the Gay Best Friends podcast, and I'm Randy Newman. Here we go. Straight people love bad TV. Straight people sex is B and B. Straight people give me heebie jeebies all night. They got those foreign bands, wear ugly ties. They walk around giving big bro high fives. They got lots of roads for the guy they keep. They take an Alaska cruise and go, oh boy, that's neat. Those poor, poor, straight people. Those poor, poor, straight people. Those boring, straight people ain't queer. (laughs) That is so good. Every line. I was like, it's true. Well, so with thanks to Randy Newman, we have a friend of ours, a straight person. She will verify that. Here's Lindsay. Hi, Lindsay. Hello, everybody. Thank you so much for having me on the podcast. You're more than welcome. People are very excited. I can hear them all cheer. Yay! Everyone's excited. (laughs) So as part of you having here, we'll bring you into more of the stuff later on, but we also just wanted to, as a straight person, ask you a few questions so that our audience could get a better sense of straight people and what the culture and those folks entail um, and to see a little bit what you know about queer culture. Well, thank you so much. I'm very, very excited to be on the podcast and to be included in this. 
it's great to see that you guys are, uh, you know, having some straight people on the show. You know, there's got to be stuff out there for us straight people. It's about representation. Yeah, you know, like there's just, there's not enough out there for us, I feel. We're often (laughs) underrepresented. You know, we're left out so often. (laughs) Watch TV shows and I'm like, where are the straight people? I'm sure you grew up going, what's it like to be a straight woman? I don't even know what that life could look like. I'm a big fan of dick. Seemed really odd, you know, and I felt a little bit left out. So I appreciate that you guys are sort of drawing attention to the plight of the straights. It's our pleasure. Yeah, you're yeah. more than welcome. Thank you. We want to we want to help represent that community. So first off, just touching on dating, I'm curious. In this day and age, is is there still like do does every date like double Dutch, or do men still pay? What what do you find in the paying of dates? What's double Dutch in dating? I think you mean is that skipping? Oh, double Dutch is okay. <laughs> If you go Dutch, though, you split the payment. Go That's Dutch. right. So yes. double Dutch is like after two dates. If you go Dutch twice. Uh, sure. <laughs> we're we're claiming it now. All right. So what do you do? You go Dutch. What happens when you date? Who pays? I think uh, what I do personally, I have been told that I'm a bit of an odd duckling in this. I personally um, either will go Dutch or whoever invites the person out will pay. So if so if a guy invites me out and then he, he's he will then pay for the date but then at the end of that date I will say like okay let me buy you dinner next time. Mm. That's fair. We'll if you like them, I hope. If I like them, if they're a chode, then and I get up and leave. That's what I was wondering. Like we live in Vancouver. It's an expensive city. Do you ever go on dates with a guy knowing that it's more likely if you kind of just leave the pill on the table that they'll pick it up and you want a free nice dinner? No. No, no. I think I've been on But that's a thing. Yeah, I would do that. Really? I've I've read articles about it and only in like straight people things um, that I've read about this, but I've heard about it and sometimes I'm tempted to just do it. Oh, I don't date a lot. Mm. I have been on two dates where I've just gotten up and left. Ooh. That's fascinating. I do want to know more about this if you want to talk about it. No, we can talk about it. That's fine. They were both terrible, terrible human beings. Says the girl that left them at the table. <laughs> hey, they, no, I'm not judging. I deserve it. One of them used the N word. <gasps> so I got up and left. And oh I feel God, like I should have that? a fair amount of support on that choice. Yes. Can you provide, like, I fully agree with you. But is there any context to how he used it? Like, I think he was talking about how it's so annoying that he's not allowed to use that word. Oh, that's oh like the absolute worst context. What a other... white dude. Yeah. Oh, my God. Did you just, like... Did you get up and leave, or did you like say you're going to the washroom, but took your jacket and purse and then left? No, I owned it. I nice. Like, I was like, all right, well, this is done now. Bye bye. Oh, you're so badass. See you later. What was the other one? Oh, what was the? Oh, it was another racial thing. He was born in China, but raised in Canada. But his family was Chinese. Um, and he started talking about how he doesn't date Asian women because Asian women are blah, 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 blah. Oh, and he only no. dated white women. And I was like, well, not this white woman. And once again, that was you getting up. Yeah. Have you ever done the bathroom thing? No. You're so direct. Yeah. Well, they're not going to learn otherwise. See, straight people. Nice. Confident. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, us straight women are known for that. Right? <laughs> I want to know, because in the queer community, I think especially gay men, um, it's very prevalent and people are very aware. So do straight people get SDI tests frequently? Is there like, do you go every three months? 
I do every time I get a new sexual partner. Yeah. You are responsible. That is... Can we get a high five noise? That's like a, a lot of high fives. A million high fives. Yay! Once again, that same woman. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, is that, that something? Do you like? Do you know? Or like, is this something straight people talk about with each other, other girls? Or do you know that is that a common thing? Or is that just you being a responsible human being? I will say, based off the amount of times that I have explained to men that I am sleeping with what an STI test is. No. And what? why I'm using a condom while giving a blowjob. That, yeah, I'm probably not in good company. <laughs> That's wild. That is wild. I would have met, I would have thought more people would be... I have given... That's sad. Is it like, yeah. okay, so like, is it that they still think it's called an STD test? Or is it just straight up they don't go for tests ever? I think a lot of people just don't go for tests. I have given a lot of sex ed classes whilst naked... And in the middle of having sex. Like, too many times, I'd say. Well, Aww. I think one time teaching a class while having sex is too many. I'm, like, creating a <laughs> fetish, I think, in a way. <laughs> I'd be like, and this is why we use a condom. For blowjobs? Yeah. No, my rule is is that you've got to use a condom. If you can show me a clean test, then we can use different things. Is it hard to make guys wear condoms? Especially, if, I'm going to harp on this, especially for a blowjob. Well, I think if the option is put it on or I won't do it, I mean, that's a choice. I would never force anything onto a person without their consent. So if they're like, I don't want to wear a condom, I'd be like, I respect that. It was nice knowing you and you'll see you later. What's the douchiest thing about dating men as a straight woman? (laughs) Oh, fuck. What isn't? (laughs) (laughs) I guess that's how you really know you're straight is that you're willing to go through all that. (laughs) Willing to date straight men. Um, yeah, at the risk of sounding um, like a privileged asshole, and I don't in any way mean to say that like life as uh, a woman who dates women is in any way easier because you guys have to constantly face um, oh all the prejudice and all the nonsense and it's just constant garbage at you all the time. And also there's a ton of women who are just douchebags. That's true. Really? Oh, yeah. I could go on with that for a while. Yeah. No, and that's the thing, is as a straight person, I may romanticize it, but there's definitely been a couple of dates where I was like, oh, my God, if only. Only I was into that. Only. I'm still holding out. I'm still like, maybe the right lady will come along. So that's one of my questions. Have you ever kissed a girl? Yes. I've had sex with women as well. That's that's a very girl thing. But you identify as straight. I think... Um, well, it's funny when it comes to identity and, uh, terms and, and that, I think I always get concerned about using an identity or using a term, um, and having it negatively affect that community. I don't want to... Do you think you're a bad representative of the queer community? (laughs) Well, no, like for me to say... Well, look at her. She's (laughs) petting a pussy right now. (laughs) My cat Gilbert is like... massive pussy. (laughs) Yeah, that's... Super massive hairy gray pussy. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you're great. <laughs> yeah, Gilbert is just all over Lindsay right now. He's <laughs> my favorite. Mm. I get nervous about saying like, oh, I'm a bisexual woman when I pretty much exclusively date men. I've never had a romantic relationship with a woman. Okay. You know, I've never lived with a woman or like had a girlfriend. Okay. Right? So, and again, it, it's not that I'm not attracted to women because I am, sure, on occasion. But yeah, I don't know. I don't want to devalidate anyone's identity or grab hold of someone's identity when it's not something that I live every day. And I think, too, like, 
sexually is different than romantically. Yeah, yeah. And so if you don't have, like, the romantic feelings, it's easier... I don't know. I think that's a way to define things. And romantic I, and sexual. I live with the privilege of being a straight person every day. So I guess maybe in that way. But I would also say that I think bisexual people do feel that way. Bisexual people who marry someone of the opposite gender. Um, and that's how we... I'm not, like, I'm not trying to force you into being... Identify as bisexual. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I also want to make sure you know that, like, it's okay if, like, it is just sexual or whatever. Because that's how we how we do face by erasure. Is, like, by being like, well, I present as straight or... I only date men or I'm married to a man and so that makes me less mm-hmm. queer. And it doesn't. Okay, well let's test your like queer knowledge and I'm yeah, gonna admit, and then I wrote that? I wrote these questions. They're probably more gay okay. man knowledge than queer knowledge. Um so I'd like to know if you don't know any of them either. Um, <laughs> so a star is born Ashley. with Lady Gaga has come out. She's up for the Oscars for it. She should win, she's amazing. What two gay icons were the lead characters in the movie's two previous versions? Oh, Barbara Streisand was definitely one. Yep. That's the only one that I know. I haven't seen any of the other films. No, me either. So I don't know if this is like, Lindsay doesn't know gay stuff or Lindsay just hasn't seen the movies. Did you know before, Jared? Oh, yes, I knew before. Okay. Um, Oh, wait, wasn't, is Liza Minnelli? Very close. Liza Minnelli came out of this person. Oh, Judy Garland. Very good. Oh, okay. You got there with pretty I'm close. not surprised at all. Okay, I'm just going to say right now, I'm not surprised at all that Lindsay knows, like, gay cultural references. We could throw some, some lesbian stuff out there, too. Well, I, I don't know if we can, because, like... All right, I'm... fill in the blank. Priscilla, queen of the... Desert. Yeah, you're on it. Can you name two physical categories of gays? Like a top, bottom? Uh, no, that's... Bear, like, twink? Like, Yes. All right, you did okay. that. You, twink. Bear is a common knowledge one. Twink is less. Your thing said animals. No, I was going to give her a clue that they're often based on animals. Okay. Twink's one of the exceptions. What percent of gay men had anal sex with the, the last time they had sex? Does that include giving and receiving? Either or. Oh, what percentage? What is? Where are we basing these statistics off of? Like in the last fiscal year? Sure, just they're like, <laughs> a, people have sort of surveyed in the last time they had sex. People were surveyed the last time they had sex. How many of them had anal sex? I'd say probably like 30? Yeah, that's close. Like just under 40. All right, what's a doppelbanger? Whoa, is this a lesbian Ooh. thing? Is that when you have sex with someone who looks the same as you? That's right. Oh, well, that was going to go something different. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that one. I just assumed what did it you based think? off of the I was, I was thinking double-headed dildo stuff. Oh... Uh, hundred footer. I don't know that one. A woman like who, um, someone a lesbian hooks up with who's like very close, lives close to them. <laughs> no, it's used to describe someone who, from a hundred feet away, you can tell that person is definitely a lesbian. Oh. oh, okay. What's a gold star? Oh, a lesbian who's never had sex with a man. Yeah, it's stupid. I was gonna say I hate the I, term gold stars. Me too. It's the worst. I play Never Have I Ever. So much. I love it. It's the best game for getting to know the people you're partying with. Um, so as like a before you go out for drinks, whatever, you play Never Have I Ever. One of the ones that comes up is like, I've never had sex with a man. And like all the gold stars high five each other and feel so good about themselves. And it's like, you don't have to. One, not all of us are have been in a position to to not 
Mm-hmm. Like, I'm, I don't know. It's I don't, know. I don't think you should ever judge somebody based off of their sexual history yeah. unless they're a rapist. <laughs> That's really like the that. only one. Yeah. If you're hurting people with your That's genitals, you suck. But if you're just having sex with people and it's all consensual and they're of legal age in mind to give consent, then don't shame anyone for that. Yeah. <laughs> well, thanks for coming on and chatting with us, Lindsay. We're going to bring you back for some segments, but I just wanted to cap off that great discussion with just a big thank you for being here. Being our first our first guest. Oh, now that you have a straight person on, you can't be any gold stars. Ah, uh, well, we were never gold stars. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks again, though. It was really great to have you here, and we'll talk more in the other segments. Thanks again for having me, you guys. I think you rock. So, Jarrett, what you watching? Slash listen. Slash reading. Slash putting in ya. You got anything? Uh, yeah, this week I watched, I'm using air quotes here, the live Rent musical on TV Sunday night. behind on that. What? You watched it this week? Yeah, I watched it this week. (laughs) Today is this week. You're right. No, I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just yanking your chain here. No, no, I appreciate it. I um, will say I rushed to watch it before today so that I would have something to talk about. You're a better fan than me. Um, and I'm using those air quotes live because it didn't turn out to be live. No, because who broke their foot? The person who played Roger broke uh. his foot the Saturday night that they were rehearsing. Yeah. And they rehearsed Saturday night in front of a live audience, film it like it's the real thing in case a meteor hits the studio on Sunday and they can't... Or someone breaks their yeah, leg. apparently or someone breaks their leg because they don't have understudies. So first off... Which is crazy. You watch the first... They do the opening song. It's pretty cool. The set's in the round. You have the audience. It's quite interesting. I really enjoyed how they did the set. And then they take a break and the entire cast is standing on the stage saying, what you're about to watch has been previously recorded because one of the cast members broke their leg. Uh, but don't worry, we reorganized the very last scene so that part's live. Sorry, so they, whoever showed up for the live recording, they only saw that one scene? I think they all sat there to clap for the very final, not even scene, just number. Yeah, that's so weird. So I, I felt, like I'm sure everyone in that live audience on Sunday felt, a little bit cheated. Um, but other than that, I thought it started strong. Like I said, I really love the set. The way that they used it through the entire performance was very dynamic and really interesting. The performances, I thought, generally were quite high level. The singing was great. I'm used to the movie soundtrack, and so sometimes hearing people sing it differently is a little off-putting, but they all did really well. I found the relationships really believable. I was overall very impressed with the concept, and I really hope that it gave Rent to a new generation or new group of people watching it. Because I think Rent is a fairly dated show. Mm-hmm. It's the 90s. It's AIDS, which luckily isn't a death sentence and as prevalent anymore. Um, so it's a kind of a entranceway into that time for young people to see. So I thought they did that a lot of justice. Valentina from RuPaul's Drag Race played the role of Angel. Right. Valentina, a very divisive person on RuPaul's Drag Race... Personally, not Team Valentina, but I tried to put that aside for this production of Rent and see what she could do in a theatrical setting. What'd you think? So Valentina is famous on RuPaul's Drag Race because the first season she was on, she was lip syncing for her life. Right. And she left a like genie-like face mask over her mouth. And RuPaul stopped the song 
and said, remove the mask. Yeah, that's not lip syncing for your life. And Valentina said, I'd rather not. <gasps> RuPaul made her do it. And then and it was clear she didn't know the words. She couldn't lip sync for her life. Honestly, for this production of Rent, I wish she didn't know the words. Because she knew them and she sang them. And it would have been better if they didn't come out of her mouth. No. Her singing was quite poor. I'm not saying I could have done better. But it did not live up to the caliber of everyone else. Yeah. Her acting was so-so. Not to spoil anything, when Angel died, I cried. Yeah. So I think there was still some emotion there, but it was very lacking. Interesting. So I'm very interested that they cast her, and I'm going to assume that they cast her for the RuPaul Drag Race crowd. They were trying to get an audience. Yeah. And it couldn't come at a better time. She just got kicked off RuPaul Drag Race All-Stars Season 4. Two days before Rent aired. so it What was, incredible timing. Right? A little too serendipitous. Uh, but I was very disappointed with it. And still really not hashtag Team Valentina. No. It's an interesting choice overall because there are some incredible performers on RuPaul's Drag Race. And not that I watch it, but I know because I've seen them come to town. I've, I've gone to various shows. Um, so it's... It's interesting. Like, how did she get the star? And as not a fan, I was really, honestly, I was rooting for her because I didn't want to, I didn't want to have my worst feelings proven. Yeah. Um, But I think they were. Other than that, though, I thought it was pretty delightful. I think it's always hard to take a stage play and, like, film it live for TV. It's Mm going to seem a little cheesy and stuff just because live theater is big, it's broad, and TV is not. So, with nothing else, that's what you're watching slash listening slash reading slash putting in your... Sorry, I put nothing in me this week. Aww. What you gonna pick? Topics. Can we talk? Yesterday, J.K. Rowling, the author of Harry Potter, revealed in a tweet that when writing Harry Potter, she always envisioned the reader as gay. And she said... This has been the case since the first page of Philosopher's Stone, and as the dictator of canon, what I say is now established lore, which means everyone who read Harry Potter, you're now gay. I believe it. I'm into it. She wrote Dumbledore gay. She's admitted that in the past. I mean, like, she did, but then she later, like, she didn't ever say it until after the whole series was done, and she was like, by the way, he was gay. Is that fair? I think that's fair. He was the headmaster of students. You wanted her to write in, like, a sex scene? At least a, like, love. He had a love. I forget the name of the wizard that he loved, but it was in there when she explained the backstory. Not in the Harry Potter original books. I'm fine with that. I'm okay with it, too, only because I'm always open to more gay. Like, I have no no issue with it. Do you think from what she said now that, like, Harry Potter is gay fiction? Does it put it into that category now? Well, what's funny about it is... So I was a big fan of um, fanfiction.net. And I, a small corner of our listeners will be like, fuck yeah, fanfiction.net. Where people wrote their fanfiction. And I read tons of Harry Potter fanfiction. And it was nearly impossible to weed through the Harry Draco fanfiction. Really? Yes. Like, people... The Harry Potter universe is so queer. So when you're talking about Harry Draco fanfiction, you're not talking about, like, adventures they went on. Well, not... Well, sorry, I guess you could be, Not PG-13 adventures. There you go. <laughs> um, no, we still have Lindsay here with us, and I feel like she has opinions on, 
I'm this. Um, I never read. Harry oh right, Potter. sorry. I, sorry. For some reason, I just like I just assumed you did. We're not going to put okay. that in the we podcast because <laughs> you'll get hate mail. We can, as you should. Like I'm going to send you hate mail. We I can't believe you haven't sorry. read it. You no, I know. I'm a, an older millennial, and I've never read nor seen the films. <gasps> That's not I, true. I saw I res- one film. I respect the second part of your sentence. If you haven't read the books, I'm fine if you haven't seen the films. Yeah. Interesting. I, I, I don't think the films represent the books properly, and I don't like people who love the movies and haven't read the books. Oh, okay. I was like, but I love the movies, and I read the books. Oh, I like the movies, too. But I will call you every night and read you a chapter. I'm down for that. I love when people read to me. Every once in a while, she'll throw in like a Draco Harry fan fiction. You, could. <laughs> you wouldn't even know. I'd take it as canon because I haven't read <laughs> I don't want to be mean. Okay, but you're going to be. You know that article isn't real. What? <laughs> if you search the things on that website, it's oh my it's, god! It's like a discount version of the Onion. <laughs> okay, so I one hundred percent did think like, oh, I think that's actually like a comedy site, but then I was like, no, 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 I think this is real, <laughs> and I didn't even look into it. <laughs> You're so mean to her. <laughs> I don't think we need to get into this too much, but I think it's something that we need to acknowledge. Bruce MacArthur. Um, Recently went to court, pleaded guilty to killing eight queer men in Toronto. And this case has been going on for a while. There was words for years of gay men going missing, assumingly murdered, police weren't doing anything. And then in the past year or something ago, they found Bruce MacArthur. They found bodies in a yard of somewhere he did landscaping. And it was believed he was a serial killer predatorily going after gay men. That's right. And that now that he's found guilty, he did say that he did target the gay community in Toronto. First of all, I want to say I'm really thankful that he pled guilty. I think it avoids the family and friends having to be witness to a lot of gruesome evidence, gruesome testimony that'd be hard to go through. Because I'm a weirdo. Before I lived here, I was visiting the Lower Mainland and I went to Robert Picton's trial, right. uh, the serial killer who killed a lot of indigenous sex workers in the downtown east side. That's right. And the evidence that they presented affected jurors to a very disturbing point. And what took me is that I could not imagine being a family member or something, having to watch that, having to go through all that just to see justice be done for your family member. And I think it's, it's not a strong enough word, but I think it's good. I think there's something to it that families can get that guiltiness get that confession without going through and having to watch that disgusting evidence be put forward. Absolutely. It does upset me that it had to get to a serial serial level before anything happened, and it's not fair. No. And the, I think the Toronto police have a lot to answer for. They do. A police officer from Toronto would, has even been charged or is expected to be charged with two counts of professional misconduct in connection with the with this case. Um, in 2016, someone came forward and said that, um, well, they came forward with information. I don't want to like get too graphic on, on this podcast without letting our listeners know we're going to, so mm-hmm. we're not going to get like into details, but someone came forward and said something had happened, and this police officer, with the approval of their um, superior, uh, just said, like, 
this isn't really a thing. Like, don't worry about it. Yeah. They brushed it off when they had evidence in their face. And I think that's the story here. Serial killers exist. Sick people exist. And the fact that police, or at least a police person, is being held account for kind of neglecting what was going on or not, or neglecting it because it was a marginalized community, I think is very important. The fact that that didn't happen in the Picton case when it was indigenous sex workers being killed, and that was clearly what the police did, they were brushing off the fact only of these deaths only because of the community they were from, I think is criminal. And I hope that from this case, with a guilty verdict, so that that can be brushed aside, that maybe the focus can be put to the police on how they're going to deal with these things mm-hmm. in the future. Absolutely. Um, one thing I wanted to do with this was, um, obviously Bruce's name, Bruce MacArthur's name has come up a lot, even in these, I don't know, five minutes we've talked about him. Yeah. Um, but I think the victims' names do not get said often enough. I can't guarantee I'm going to say all their names accurately, um, but I would like to try. So if you're okay with that. Yeah. These are the eight victims that Bruce MacArthur has pled guilty to murdering. Skandaraj Navaratnam, Andrew Kinsman, Salim Asin, Abdul Basir Faizi, Karushna Kumar Kanagaratnam, Dean Lasawik, Sarush Mahmoodi, and Majid Kayan. I know that just silence on a podcast can be kind of weird sometimes, so thank you for respecting the moment. Um, And now we're going to move on to some lighter topics. This week I've been reading a lot about people's RSVPs on... So I'm in a lot of wedding groups. Um, They are international. Some of them are based in the States with groups from elsewhere. One of them is based on a podcast, the Bride Chilla podcast. So if you are also planning your wedding, you should join Bride Chilla and listen to some of that. It's very specific content um, to various wedding topics. Anyway, so I'm in these groups on Facebook and people talk a lot about the RSVPs. So some people RSVP saying they're bringing someone who was not invited. Some people RSVP with a plus one that again was not on their invitation. Um, some people meant some people RSVP no and then message the the to be weds that they are bringing they have, they are coming and they're bringing grandma so-and-so who's not part of the initial family. I have to step in because your examples are just angering me. And Lindsay, (laughs) feel free to dive in on this. Rage. Right? Rage. Rage. Ultimate rage. You are given a piece of paper. You fill in the blanks. You mail it in the day you get it. Get your shit together, people. You are adults. That too. Get your shit in right away. The number of people who are like, oh, my deadline is in three days and I only have 20% of my RSVPs in and I'm just like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Who are your people? Are these people RSVPing with those different numbers, RSVPing late, have they never been to a wedding? Do they not understand what a wedding entails? Like, do they not get life? Oh, they have no idea how much it costs. I can guarantee that. That's ridiculous. Doesn't matter. Ignorance is not an excuse. (laughs) 
Mail in your Can you read? If you can read, mm-hmm. write down your name. If you're single, fine, awesome, good sauce for you. Or I'm sorry that your life is not going the way you wanted it to be. Mail it in. If you get a beau or a girl or whatever, a schmoo, closer to the wedding, then be like, hey, sorry, I didn't date you while I send in this RSVP. I'm going to be gone for tomorrow night. It'll be great. I'll call you after. But you right. don't even need to apologize to your person. Like, they're not going to worry get about it. it. Did I Did I give you a plus one? I did because I yeah, thought it was. Stacy came. Yeah, because I knew who it would be. Yeah. But you wouldn't dive in and uh, plant a plus one if you weren't given one. I wouldn't dare to do something so egregious. Who would do that? Garbage humans do that. And I don't know if this is something that is only <laughs> American or like other countries because maybe it's just my, my you're gonna, people. You're going to find out. I am going to find out. You're going to be putting out wedding invitations soon. You've put out save the dates. Mm-hmm. Have you had anyone come out to you who didn't get a save the date? Kind of like asking or hinting for one? No one who is not on my list has come pop, pop, popped up and said like, can't wait for your wedding. Uh, when is it again? And That's awkward. It's, it would be awkward. What would you do? I guess, what do you do? You just kind of go like, oh, well. You, know. you didn't make a cut. Sorry. Uh, Maybe honest- don't save the date. Well- <laughs> Maybe book a dinner. Yeah. True story. Jarrett and I have been friends since 10th grade. I oh, was this is going wrong. <laughs> really, really sad that I wasn't in the wedding party. But I was also <laughs> overseas when everything got put together. I didn't even know if you could make the oh wedding. Exactly. I forgot that you were away and we I only didn't met even like, know the if week you could after make you the Exactly. And that's the thing. Even though I was heartbroken and cried a little bit, I had to swallow all of those emotions because he sent out paperwork. I didn't sign it. I didn't agree to it. It's a big deal. Weddings are a big deal. Like all the colors of the rainbow, so are the gays of the week. The video making the rounds this week is Ellen Page talking about Mike Pence and his anti-LGBTQ views. And while I personally, like this is just typical Ashley, um, I haven't actually watched her interview yet, uh, but I'll probably do it tonight. I just, I worked earlier than I intended to today. I'm so sorry. Um, (laughs) uh, But Ellen Page is my gay of the week because I think it's important to speak truth to power. And Mike Pence is, um, well, I think he is the ultimate power in America. Like, even if Trump is president, I think Mike Pence is... He's uh, close to it. Oh, he sure is. Uh, so, Ellen Page is my my person. She's brought so much light onto queer issues globally. Um, and I think her passion on this topic and her ability to speak so clearly about it uh, is so important. So, way to go, Ellen Page. Especially for someone who came out... Later in life, I feel like people who came out later in life tend to feel like they don't they don't get to own um, mm-hmm. being queer the same way as people who are uh, gold stars. If uh, you know, pardon my speech, but because um, they didn't always get to identify as queer and they didn't always get to defend themselves as queer. So I think it's important that someone like Ellen Page, who came out only in the last few years. Um, does speak up and and say like 
Fuck you, right-wing governments. So I did see Ellen Page um, on the, not the Colbert Report, the Late Show. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I thought it was beautiful. It was amazing. It made me cry this morning. It was a good way to start the day. But she touched on something that I think is so important, which is she was saying, like, when people are homophobic, when people do have these stances, when they use their platforms to stand up against people's identity, it does so much harm. It really, really, really hurts people. She talked about, you know, you raise kids and they end up, being in situations where they commit suicide, when they do harm to themselves. And it makes no sense, and I agree with her 100%, I cannot understand why anyone would dedicate any portion, any fraction of a second of their life to harming people. Why would you do that? I get not understanding something. I get not agreeing with something. But if that is what that person identifies that, if that is who that person is, and it doesn't affect anyone or you negatively, then shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. And back the hell off. Go away. Absolutely. My gay of the week is Margaret Robinson. Uh, She's a Micmac scholar from the east coast of Canada. Uh, She's an Indigenous woman. She identifies as bisexual, and she's done a great deal of work um, in the bisexual um, activist community, um, legitimizing or working to legitimize uh, that in sort of the larger culture itself, um, and specifically working with Indigenous communities, two-spirit communities, um, and working towards uh, issues of mental health, again, when it comes to people having um, homophobic ideas and forcing that upon uh, indigenous people and bisexual and homosexual people or LGBTQ uh, communities, the negative effects that that has on people's mental health. Um, And she's done a great deal of work on that. She's also a cannabis activist. Um, and I think she's an all-around wonderful person. I believe she teaches at Dalhousie. Ooh. Um, and a fantastic human being. And, uh, yeah, she's my gay of the week. Nice. Thank you for bringing a really cool, I would say probably unsung hero as a gay of the week. It's really appreciated from you. Absolutely. My gay of the week is Jussie Smollett. He was, he's an actor on the show Empire and recently the victim of a homophobic and racist violent attack. Um, it was extremely targeted. Earlier, he was sent a letter uh, that said, Jesse Smollett, you will die, black fag. And that led to an attack where he was tied up, had bleach thrown on him, and was assaulted. And he's not the gay of the week for me because that happened to him. I think it shines a light that visibility and being even a famous person doesn't protect you mm-hmm. from the violence that could go on racially and as a queer person. Um, But he took this moment to stand up and make sure that it wasn't about him. I think a statement he wrote uh, really really spoke for me. He said, As my family stated, these types of cowardly attacks are happening to my sisters, brothers, and gender nonconforming siblings daily. I am not and should not be looked at upon as an isolated incident. So I think an attack like this And the way he dealt with it should really make us all remember that this, as he said, isn't isolated. It happens to people we don't know 
all the time. Mm-hmm. And as someone that many people do know, I think it takes a lot of strength to take it beyond himself and make it about others. And I'm glad he did. And I'm sure it's going to be hard for him for a while to deal with that. But he's going to be there for others who have dealt with it. And that's why he's my gay of the week. Well, that was a fun episode. That was something. Yeah, that had that was a roller coaster of emotions. It feels good though. It feels good to dive in, have our straight friends represented. Right, it was so great to have you here. Thank you so much. Thanks, Lindsay. Thank you guys so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. I love the podcast. I'm an avid listener. I think you guys are delightful and wonderful. Um, and we need more bright, shining stars like you guys. Just in my daily life. You're too kind. (laughs) I knew we brought you in for a reason. (laughs) Well, thank you again for listening to us. If you have any comments on this episode or anything that we should talk about in the future, please email us at gaybestfriends at gmail.com. Excuse me. (laughs) Don't forget to like our Instagram, Gay Best Friends Podcast, and follow... uh, and subscribe and review us on your listening app for the Gay Best Friends podcast. I gotta say, I'm so glad that I didn't let broccoli keep me away from tonight because I this was wonderful. It was so good. I hope it soothes your guts. Have a great night, everyone, and happy guts. <laughs> happy guts. <laughs>